Today, we take a look at a big off-season trade rumor, plus we have our awards episode as we look at the best and the worst the Isles had to offer in 2022-2023. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Islanders on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you can get the first the, the new episodes as they drop and we are now also available on uh SXM app Sirius XM Radio so check us out on there as well. We have got a lot to get to on today's show including a offensive minded player who really could help the Islanders rumors already spreading that that player may very well be interested in coming to the island. But first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. You can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and uh, I'll be keeping you, you know, trade rumors, free agency, the draft, uh, hirings, firings, whatever happens this offseason, we'll have it here on Locked on Islanders. All right, already we're less than a week into the offseason, and... There are rumors being discussed uh, by some hockey insiders who think that a particular player who can add some juice to the Islanders' offense may very well be interested and available for the Islanders. On the Jeff Marrick Show, ESPN's Greg Wyshynski discussed that maybe, just maybe, unrestricted or potential unrestricted free agent Vladimir Tarasenko could be headed for Long Island. And here's what he said if it, when asked whether or not Tarasenko coming to the Islanders would make sense. He said, I think they do. You look at that series against Carolina, it was a really bad draw for the Islanders. The Islanders want to do what the Hurricanes did to the Islanders to other teams. It's just that Carolina is the best at it. It was still a situation where they were scrapping and clawing and trying to eke out goals in the playoffs 
which has normally been their struggle. It's a matter of getting finishers sometimes. Say what you want about Tarasenko, what he does or does not bring to a team, but the man can finish a play. Now you've got yourself Horvat, you've got yourself Barzal, you've got guys who certainly could score themselves, but also set up chances for others, and I think having more finishers on that roster is something Lou Lamorello has chased, and Tarasenko is definitely one of those guys. Well, look, here's the situation. There are a lot of good reasons why you would want Vladimir Tarasenko on your team, and there's a lot of reasons why you would think twice about it. First things first, Tarasenko will not be an unrestricted free agent until July 1st. And the Rangers, who he was traded to right around the trade deadline, they have until July 1st to sign him before he hits the open market. So we have to see whether or not Tarasenko signs to stay on Broadway. Hopefully, if you're an Islander fan and you want to see Vladimir Tarasenko on the island, he does not. But let's, you know, let's talk a little bit about Vladimir Tarasenko. Good news, bad news. Good news. Vladimir Tarasenko is a wing. And, you know, we talked before the trade deadline and everydayers, you know what I'm talking about, how the Islanders needed a scoring wing. They got Bo Horvat, who was a center, and we've been talking about the need for a, 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 a wing who could put the puck in the net, even dating back to last offseason when, you know, there were all kind of, kinds of rumors about Nazem Kadri. And I said, look, Kadri would be great to have, but he's a center, not a wing, and they need, you know, they need a wing. They're deep at center. Well, they end up getting Horvat this year at the trade deadline. He's a center. They move Barzal to the wing it wasn't as smooth a transition. So there is that. The other good thing about Tarasenko, obviously he can put the puck in the net. And, you know, he's had a 40-goal season, a 39-goal season, a 37-goal season, a couple of uh, 33s, and a 34. So we know this guy is capable of scoring. And you look at his shooting percentage, 12.7 over the course of his career, and it's been pretty consistent, uh, barring uh, a couple of years that were affected by injuries. And, you know, again, for the Islanders to get a, a sniper, a guy who could put the puck in the net, a man with seven career NHL hat tricks, uh, that would be huge for this team. But there are drawbacks to Vladimir Tarasenko. Number one, he'll turn 32 in December of this year. He's not young. Now, maybe that makes him more attractive to Lou Lamorello if Lou Lamorello is indeed the decision maker. Uh, we do know that Vladimir Tarasenko also has a large injury history. He only played 10 games in 2019-2020. Played only 24 games in 2020-2021. Last year, 
splitting time between the Blues and the Rangers. He played in 69 games, only had 18 goals and 50 points in those 69 games. Not quite the point-of-game guy you want. Now, again, you would do a physical. You would want to make sure he checks out okay physically. He should be another year removed from all the injuries, and hopefully that helps. Another issue about Tarasenko. He is not really defensively the kind of guy the Islanders think would be a great fit in the system. He's not back-checking aggressively like the Islanders prefer. He's big, 6'1", 228, uh, but, you know, if you bring in Tarasenko, do you make an exception? Does that cause the system to break down? Again, we're assuming the system stays similar or the same, depending on who the coach is, depending on who the GM is, it may or may not, but Tarasenko, we do know, by the way, Lou Lamorello has been interested in Tarasenko in the past, and we know that Tarasenko, when he was with the Blues, had a no-trade clause, so he listed teams he would be interested in going to, and one of the teams who was on his list was the New York Islanders, and that's a good sign. As a free agent, Tarasenko right now he earned $2.75 million last year and had a cap hit of $3.75 million. At 31, going on 32 before the end of the year, you can't give him the seven- or eight-year contract. And believe me, the problem with free agency, it only takes one team to make that offer in order to, you know, get past that line. And, you know, hey, Tarasenko says... Islanders are offering me five years. Uh, Some other team is offering me seven or eight. Uh, That's better for my family. I'm going to go there. Here is an opportunity, though, realistically. If he only earned $2.75 million last year and had a cap hit of $3.75 million, would five, five and a half million get it done? If that is the case, Tarasenko would be affordable for this team. So... Very interesting to hear uh, Greg Wyshynski mentioning that. And Horvat, Barzal, and Tarasenko. What a great first line that would be. Is it the perfect fit? No. But it checks a lot of boxes. And it is something to keep an eye on. Even if Lou Lamorello stays, this might be one of the free agents he could bring in for this team. All right, we've got more to get to. We're going to answer some of your questions, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Islanders' postseason awards. Everydayers, tomorrow on the show, we will also be, uh, excuse me, Monday on the show, we will be discussing our player-by-player review of this team. We will start that on Monday, so make sure you join us for that. We've got a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. 
Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So... I wanted to get to your questions. I had two emails that I particularly wanted to discuss. Uh, the first one comes from Damien in Buffalo. He's part of the Buffalo Isles meetups. And a shout out to all of, of those Islander fans up in Buffalo. Hi, Gil. Every day you're here. And thank you very much, Damien, for that. Uh, I agree with you that the Islanders need to sign Sorokin. But are you concerned with how much of the cap would be eaten up by his contract, considering the goalies that are left in the playoffs this year. With the exception of Sergei Bobrovsky in Florida, most of the high-dollar goalies are out, and the teams that are left are young, fast, and have a plug-in goalie system. This is going to be a tough offseason for the Islanders. I'm not sure what direction they should go, but they definitely need to get faster. Damien, thank you so much, first of all, for the question. And, you know, if you look at the teams that are left, with the exception of Sergei Bobrovsky, most of the high-priced, you know, most of the goalies are not the high-priced variety. And, you know, Olmark, out. Boston, out. Um, you know, a lot of the teams with the, with the so-called elite high-priced goalies are no longer in the playoffs. Here's the reason why I think Sorokin may be an exception, and it's a little, uh, it's a little roundabout, but here's the thing. If the Islanders plan to continue to play this style of hockey, the defense first shut them down, win two to one, they've got to stick with Sorokin or get somebody who will be a really, really good goalie. If this team gets younger, faster, and more skilled, maybe they can get away with, instead of spending $8, 9000000 million on a goalie, spending 4 $5 million on a goalie and adding those talented players around them, you get a good goalie, not an elite goalie, and that goalie gets hot at the right time in the playoffs, and you score enough goals, and you can go on that long playoff run. So there is sort of that if, and to me, it has to do with the way the Islanders are going to play. So if they stick with this defense-first system, you need an elite goalie like Sorokin to just be competitive. But if they're willing to get faster, younger, and more skilled, you may not need Sorokin. Now, I still would like to keep Sorokin, but the cap situation is a mess, and we'll have to see how that ends up playing out. So, Damian, thank you. Next one is another everydayer. This is uh, Frank in North Patchogue. Great job on Wednesday's podcast, breaking down the player salary and how it affects the cap. I know it's not a pretty picture, Frank writes. The Islanders will be in a bind if they want to trade for a younger player. I heard that Alex Debrinkit is not help happy in Ottawa. He would be a great fit for our team. He's young, he's quick, he has skill, but the Sens would want a draft pick and a young prospect, something we don't have much of. Our 30-something guys won't help make this trade happen, or for any other trade. For that matter, we would need a savvy GM 
to pull off trades and to manage the salary cap, and Lou is not the man for that job. We need a young, quick, and skilled GM. Frank, thanks for the email. Look, I think Lou Lamorello is savvy, but I don't think his goal tends to be younger, faster, more skilled. And that's the problem. If I was confident that Lou Lamorello was, you know, set on making that the goal, I think he could do it. And I think he could make some savvy trades to free up cap space and get younger. But I don't think he will. And I'd love for him to prove me wrong if he ends up staying. But, you know, we got to get there first. And, uh... I, I don't think necessarily that that will be the case. So, Frank, another everydayer, thank you so much for the email. I hope that does answer your question. And, and again, uh, please send emails. If you have questions you want us to discuss, to LockedOnIsles at gmail.com, and I'm happy to answer them on the show. Uh, wanted to start our Islanders awards, uh, postseason awards. And we're going to start this and, and do this today. It's, uh, you know, my personal opinion, and feel free to comment on YouTube or, or uh, on Twitter or DM me, uh, and, and let's hear your opinions as well. But I'm going to start this segment with the team most valuable player. And, you know, to me, it's got to be Ilya Sorokin. The way this team plays, they are very dependent on their goaltender. And, you know, Sorokin played in 62 games, started 60. We went over the statistics yesterday every day, as you know. Led the league in shutouts, was top three in save percentage, and top six in goals against average, but ninth in wins without Ilya Sorokin. This Islander team doesn't even get close to the playoffs and to me, you know, that, that speaks volumes. Unsung Hero Award. I'm giving it to Zach Parise. Here is a guy who played mostly on the third line this year, played for the league minimum, and is, what, 38 years old? 21 goals, 34 assists. And that's without playing top-line minutes. Yeah, he got some time on the second power play unit. He was also playing shorthanded at two shorties, which was second on the team. To me, Zach Parise is just a guy who goes out there, plays the game the right way, works hard, leads by example. And to me, you know, if you, if you end up finishing third on the team in goals and you know, sixth on the team in points. At the age of 38, you give him 21 goals, you play for the minimum, you hustle all the time. Unsung hero, definitely going to Zach Parise. Top newcomer. Uh, really can't go with rookie because rookie is a tricky status these days. But to me, the top newcomer would be Hudson Fashing. Gets his chance when... Injuries strike the team, plays 49 games in a third or fourth line role most of the time, 10 goals, 19 points, a plus 10 in just 49 games, and again, just plays the game right, does things the right way. So to me, Hudson Fashing will be the top 
newcomer for this team. Uh, and by newcomer, you know, I'm not saying just new to the Islanders. I'm saying, you know, new to the league. I know Fashing had a, a couple of cups of coffee before, but the 49 games he played this year, more than he had played combined in his entire career. He had spent almost all of his pro career in the AHL. So to me, he can get that award. Uh, biggest disappointment. And this could have gone a, a bunch of different ways, but I'm going this way. It's going to be no adoption. Yeah, I know. Fourth on the team in points with 49. But, boy, you know, defensively, Dauber regressed. And I think the way he finished last season in particular, from like mid-February on, there were really high hopes for Dauber. And offensively, he didn't really take another step forward. He didn't regress a lot offensively. But defensively, he just kept coughing up the puck, didn't make good decisions, didn't skate the puck out of the zone consistently well. And he was now the power play of the quarter, uh, uh, excuse me, the quarterback of the power play. And for a power play that was ranked 30th in the league, that really failed the Islanders in the playoffs. And to his credit, Dobson afterwards said, yeah, we do take it personally, and, and, and I do take it personally, and we need to get better. But... To me, Dobson, after all the hype, disappointed. I give him the award slightly over Bo Horvat because Horvat only played 30 games with the Islanders. He did other things very well, even though his scoring was certainly a disappointment. But because Dobson played 78 games and Horvat only played 30, and because Horvat's big contract doesn't kick in until next year, that's why I gave this biggest disappointment award to Noah Dobson, and hopefully he can bounce back. We've got more to get to. We're going to finish giving out our awards. Plus, we have our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So, continuing our awards, best defenseman to me, Ryan Pollock, has got to get that award for this year start with the fact that he played in all 82 games and only had 14 penalty minutes yeah the five goals and 26 points were a little disappointing but he was also a plus 10 which places him pretty close to the top Adam Pellick could have won the award but only played 61 games and the games he missed boy did the team feel it so I give it to Pollock slightly ahead of Pellick. If Pellick was healthy, he probably would have gotten it. Best defensive forward. This one was tough. More on reputation. I'm giving it to J.G. Pajot. And, you know, Pajot still kills penalties, takes big draws, and ends up checking the opposing team's best skating players, offensive players, I thought about Casey Sezikis as a possibility, but I ended up giving the award to J.G. Pajot. Uh, basically, the most physical player award has to go to Matt Martin. 295 hits, 97 more than the next highest Islander, who was Alexander Romanov. And Martin 
doesn't play as many minutes as Romanov does. Now, had Cal Clutterbuck played 81 games like Matty Martz did, his hit total probably would have been around the same. But Matt Martin, to me, you know, seven goals, 19 points, a plus four, and 295 hits. He gets the award, to me, for most physical player, or at least contributing the most physically. And then, finally, there's the Ouch Award. This one goes to the player who blocked the most shots, and by a wide margin, it's Scott Mayfield. He blocked 168 uh, shots this year, 39 more than Alexander Romanov, and he only played six more games than Romanov did. And uh, Mayfield, you know, he was a plus eight. He did take a few too many silly penalties this year, but he was fearless at blocking shots. And I give him credit. And oh, by the way, which Islander forward uh, was first in block shots among the forwards? Yeah, how about Zach Parise? Another reason why I gave him the Unsung Hero Award. Love to hear what you all think about these different awards. And if there's another award you want to add, feel free. But uh, those were my awards for the year. And I, I think that it would be, you know, great to hear what our everydayers and all of our listeners feel should be the choices. All right. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and, uh, well, Saturday is going to be the 58th birthday of former Islanders center Bob Basson. Basson wasn't drafted, but made his NHL debut during the 85-86 season with the Isles, stayed on the island till early in the 88-89 season, was never a big offensive guy, only scored a career high of 16 goals, uh, in one season, seven goals was his high with the Islanders. And then in the 87-88, six goals, 22 points. He was physical, had as many as 99 penalty minutes with the Islanders, went to 183 penalty minutes with the Blues, played for the Blackhawks, Blues, and the Quebec Nordiques, then the Dallas Stars, Calgary Flames, and briefly with the Blues to close out his NHL career after the 1999 2000 season, and, you know, Basson, like I said, never a goal scorer, 88 goals and 232 points in 765 games, but you know he could check, he could play solid defense, and he was smart with the puck. Only 5'10", 180 pounds, but he did not back down. One of his better games with the Islanders, January 10th, 1987, at the Nassau Coliseum. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the visitor, Ken Reggett, their goalie, Billy Smith in net for the Isles, and Bob Basson with a goal and an assist, scoring on his only shot as the Islanders edged the Maple Leafs by a score of 3-2. So, Islanders win 3-2, and Basson was in on two of the goals, scoring one and setting up another. Uh want to thank everybody again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is Monday. We're going to start breaking down this roster player by player, analyzing what the expectations were, what the highlights and lowlights were for each player, and taking a look ahead at what to expect from that player 
uh, in next season, whether they'll be back and what role they are likely to play. So make sure you join us for that. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.